but what's happening in the world today is everyone's wanted tell, wanting to tell you that there's new things, new patterns, new ways. What they want nowadays is, is they want the church to fit in with their, their thoughts. And I thought it was quite interesting that here's a, um, a chap who's written an article, he's written a book actually. I thought I'd just like to read a, a few little extracts to you so you can understand what the world says. As in so many ways, the internet epitomizes the world we are entering. The more people who use it, the more each person can find exactly what they want. We are entering the it-must-fit-me world. A culture that expects organizations to treat individuals in a personalized way will not resp respond well to a standardized church. In other words, what they're saying um, is that it's bad to have a standardized church. What you've got to have is what people want. I remember a well-known um, pastor in London. Uh, he was interviewed by a newspaper and he said the reason his church was full because he gave people what they want. Well, if you give people what, you, the, what they want, you won't give them what God wants. Because God wants a man to repent of his sin, to live clean, to clean up his life, to clean up his act. He says what's right and he says what's wrong and he says, do this and you're going to go to hell. And we're all born in sin, aren't we? And we need a saviour. And if you're getting what you want, then you're certainly not getting what God wants. However, that's the way it's going. They want church to be built round them to respect their way of doing things and to respond to it. Two people in their late twenties attended Alpha, the phenomenally successful introductory course to Christianity that has been a landmark for many. They had never been to church but they loved Alpha. So they went to the follow-up. After two weeks they stormed out. We're not coming back, they complained. Last week you told us to come to church on Sunday. This week you've told us to stop sleeping together. Now we know you're no different to any other organization. You simply want us to come to your thing on your terms. Whatever was actually said and however well-intentioned, it gave the impression, we've got a package here, you come and fit in. Increasingly, that approach will not work. Oh. <laughs> I mean, in other words, come to church, live any way you like, boy. God doesn't mind. That's what this fellow's saying. If they're interested at all, they want church to be built round them, addressing their agenda, allowing them to grow into faith at their pace. You decide. It is an approach modelled by Christ himself. His use of parables avoided this is what you must believe approach in favour of allowing his hearers to explore the parables, what the parables meant and reach their own conclusions. I, I mean, how can anyone say that? 
So why not build a congregation around the group instead, starting with whatever expressions of spirituality already exist, exploring these, providing space for people to encounter God in their own way, listening to people's reactions and using these as a jumping-off point to discuss aspects of Christian belief. Almost certainly it will be a slow journey into faith, but Christ's work with his disciples was not especially quick. Huh. A church in South Wales is starting a congregation mainly of people who have completed Alpha but will not come to traditional standardized church. Church is going to them, enabling them to worship in a style they connect with. A London church finds out what newspaper, for example, a Nigerian community reads. It then advertises, are you new to London? Would you like a Nigerian meal and to meet other Nigerians? Venue details and contact number provided. Now, I don't have any problem with that, but that's not church. If you build a church around who would like to go to a Chinese restaurant, you're not going to get a church. But if you take me to one, I'll eat the food there gladly. That's not what we're building. Hey, Jesus Christ came to save everyone, irrespective of nationality, irrespective uh, of color, irrespective of language. Jesus and the church of Jesus Christ is all nations, all peoples. What he's saying is, whoops, what he's saying is the church has got to change. The church has got to um, kind of cater for people with their weird beliefs. Well, I don't believe that. I believe this, that the Bible is the word of God that tells us how to live. The Bible sets the tone. And the church of Jesus Christ is that the values are set by God, not by us. You see, sinful man will want to live his way. God set the laws and they're immutable. And, and when you come to church, you're not there to find church fitting in with you. You're there to kind of find you fit in with God's word. I thought that repentance meant that you changed from your life and you took on the values of Jesus Christ. Not what you want. And so this isn't talking about church. It's talking about something that's so foreign to reality. Now if you've come here and you think, well, what I've come for is to find whether this church suits me. Well, or I suit the church, I've got news for you. Unless you're born again of God's spirit and God does something real within you, you don't belong and you never will belong. You must be born again. You must have a new life in Jesus Christ. You must be totally transformed inside by the power of the Spirit. And unless you are, you will never be part of the family of God. You're on your way to hell. And it's not an option what you're going to receive and what you're not going to receive. The whole counsel of God is your responsibility to live by. It's not a matter of pick and choose. I'm a Bible believer. What the book says, that's it. Pure and simple. And it's for no private interpretation. There is no private interpretation. The word of God. Hey, the way you live is not to be governed by what you want or what you think. It's what God says. 
and we need to come off this mamby-pamby idea that the modern world's trying to bring on us that our opinion counts, it doesn't. What God says counts. The Word of God is the touchstone of truth. Not your experience, not some idea you had, not some feeling you had, not some, I feel this is God's will, that is not relevant. What is relevant is the written word of God and what God says. And your life must be guided and governed by the written word of God. That's it. It's the only touchstone for truth. And once you go out of that, you have nothing. Now I want to tell you, there is no other way. I'm a Christian, I'm a believer. And my values come from the book. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. That is what the Bible says, I'm a believer. And what the book says, that's it. Pure and simple. And if you're not one of those, you're not a Christian. Turn with me to John's gospel, chapter 16. The one thing that marks us out as different from any other religion is our basis of belief, the Word of God. Let me explain something to you. One of the things that's been robbed from the church is a realization that God's my Father. And I, I want to say quite plainly and quite openly, I believe there's only one way to know God as your Father. You've got to be born as his child. You must be born again. Jesus said so. I'm a believer in new birth and being filled with the Holy Ghost and that is the only way to become a Christian. Without that, you are not a Christian. Uh, it says here, Jesus testifying said, in ver um, John, um, John's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 28, I came forth from the Father, and am come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. Uh, one of the things that I, I explained on Friday is there's a lot of talk in, amongst Christian circles of worldview. There is no such thing as a Christian worldview. Jesus Christ had an eternal view. Look what it says, I came forth from the Father. That means before I was born I knew where I came from. I came from heaven. And when I die I'm going to heaven. I was in him before the foundation of the world. Says so in Ephesians. I believe it. I believe every person who's truly born of God realizes their total eternal existence, pre-birth, natural birth, uh, and for eternal life. I know from whence I come and I know where I'm going. That is only for those that are truly born and filled with the Holy Ghost. They know. They know what eternal life is. 
that quality and quantity of life they have within them. And Jesus said, you know, and he made it quite plain, and you have Christ in you, if so be you're a Christian, I know. I came from the Father, I go to the Father. One of the first things a newborn babe has is the cry of the Spirit, Abba Father, within himself. The, the only way you can ever know God as your Father is when you're born from above. And if you haven't had that experience, you're not a Christian. You might be religious, you might believe all the right things, but you sure haven't been born again. Because the first thing a newborn babe knows is that God is his Father. And that builds relationship. From then on, it's relationship. I'm not worshipping an outward God, I'm worshipping an inward God. I know from whence I came, I know where I'm going. That's a Christian testimony. And Jesus' testimony, I came forth from the Father and am coming to the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. That's why Jesus didn't have a worldview, he had an eternal view. Francis Schaeffer was the one that uh, made popular this idea of worldviews, you know, the Muslim worldview, the communist worldview. Um, he, he liked to, to think up nice terminology. And I'm, well, don't forget Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. And if you've been translated from the kingdom of, of uh, uh, this world into the kingdom of his dear son, from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son, you will realize that the world of the kingdom of God is not of this world. It's a totally different kingdom. Jesus said, if my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight. That's why Christians don't have a worldview. They have a God view. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ and in the word of God. That is eternal. If I had only hope in this world, I'd have been of all men most miserable, says Paul. He didn't have a worldview. He had a view of heaven and of eternity. You understand what I'm saying? Hello? You know, I want it to get in your brain. If so be, anything can enter. Uh, there's a lot of people that have, you know, too much cluttering in their brain. and uh, I just want you to be simple. Turn with me to John 17. These words spake Jesus, verse 1, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come, glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee, as thou hast given him power over all flesh. Now who has power over all flesh? Jesus. Don't you ever say that you're weak through the flesh, because if Jesus lives in you, the one quality you have is power over all flesh. Because the one who has power over all flesh lives within you. His name is Jesus. He's your saviour. Is that plain? All flesh. That he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on earth, I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. 
Now Jesus said, I have finished the work that thou gavest me to do. Jesus never set out with his own agenda. He knew what God's will was for his life. He knew his purpose and he said, what I see the Father do, that's what I do. What I hear the Father say, that's what I say. Now listen, to be a Christian, you better make up your mind whose agenda you're living by. If you're living by your agenda, you're not a Christian. You've got to live by His. Your agenda cannot be right, ever. I'll read it again. I have glorified thee on earth, I have finished the work that thou gavest me to do. That's all I'm called to do. I'm called to live for God and I'm called on this earth to fulfill his purpose in my life on this earth. I'm not called to have my own agenda. Christianity is giving up your rights to yourself and doing what God wants you to do. Doesn't mean that we all become ministers. It doesn't mean we all... But what we do do is we know and we fulfill God's will on the earth in our lives. My sole purpose for life is to please God. That's it. I want to do what he wants me to do. There's no other agenda in life. Christianity demands everything. And if you don't give everything, you can't be a Christian. That's the way it is. There's a lot of people who have their own agenda, their own plans, their own schemes. Well, I want to tell you, you can fulfill those schemes and God will obviously bless you, but I want to tell you something, it'll work to your destruction if it's not God's agenda. As plain as that. You better know who you serve. John's Gospel, chapter 5. John 5. Verse 17 says this. John 5, 17, But Jesus answered them, My Father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his Father, maketh himself equal with God. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these, that you may marvel. Jesus said, look, 
the only thing I'm interested in doing is fulfilling the will of God. What I see Father do, that's what I do. My Father works, I work. Totally and completely zeroed in on what was God's will. Now, if so be you call yourself a Christian, this is the only way to live. Totally zeroed in on God's agenda. If you're not, don't call yourself a Christian. It's as plain as that. Is that plain? I mean, I don't want to leave you in any doubt. Uh, John 14. Philip saith unto him in verse 8, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me, that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. Or else, believe me for the very work's sake. Truly, truly, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I shall do, I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. Who did the work? Father did it. He said, look, everything's done by God the Father. One of the reasons so many Christians pray for the sick and see nothing happen, or so little results, is because they haven't learned the secret of finding out what Father's doing. You've got to know what God the Father's doing. When you know what He's doing and you can see what He's doing, it's easy. When you're trying to do it on your own, you've got problems. And Jesus said, look, I can see what the Father's doing. I, I know what the Father's doing. He's in me. And anyone that's a true Christian knows his Father. And when you see what God's doing, you can enter into it. But that's the way to live. I want to ask each one of you, whose agenda are you following? Are you following your own or God's? Are you concerned with what Father's doing? Do you ever know what Father's doing? Are you even aware that God your Father has a purpose and plan and are you part of it or are you just living your life and coming to church and saying a few prayers and hoping? That's not Christianity. That's religion. It's a personal relationship with God. 
knowing God the Father, knowing God the Son living within and choosing to give up your life to fulfill his will. That is Christianity. It is a total abdication of your rights for his. And if you aren't that, you are not living a Christian life. You might be fulfilling an agenda of your own and you might say it in Jesus' name but you certainly aren't a Christian. And you need to get that plain. So many people that they compromise and they think, you know, it's okay. It's not okay. Think it's okay to live this way, do that. You want to be a Christian? God says repent. You're going to a Christless eternity. If you're not saved and born again, if the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, doesn't cleanse you from all sin, if you don't know new birth from above, you're going to hell. But no one wants to preach that gospel anymore because it's unpopular. In fact, they don't even want to believe in hell anymore. They'd say, oh, you know, well, hell, you know, uh, we, if you're a non-believer, you, you just cease to exist when you die. I've got news for you. Eternal punishment, eternal damnation is in the Bible. I believe it. Jesus believed it. And I want to tell you, it's going to happen. And if you're an unbeliever, don't worry. When you get to hell, you'll be a believer. A bit late then, but you will. You say, well, I don't like the idea of a God of love sending people to hell. He didn't send them to hell. They chose to go there because they rejected him and his wonderful son who came to redeem them. And that's the only reason you'll end up in hell because of your choice, not his. You reject him. And that's why I preach the gospel, so men and women can turn from their sin to righteousness. That's what it's about. And I'm not ashamed of this gospel. Hey, Christianity isn't here to fit you. You've got to fit into Christ's pattern. Is that plain? Hello? Uh, you're all enthusiastic. Is that plain? See, preachers today, they don't want to upset people. Well, frankly, I, I think that's what we're called to do. Spurgeon said, make them mad or make them glad. If you don't get under their skin, you've failed. How, you know, it's amazing what camouflage people will use and how people try and hide. You know, they'll close their eyes and try and go to sleep doesn't matter your spirit's awake you keep coming your spirit will give you such a hell of a time it'll get to your spirit I've talked to people who are in a coma doesn't bother me but I tell you in a coma I mean a literal coma I'll tell you I know their spirit can hear you might try and turn off your mind but your spirit's in trouble and that, or you can get angry. 
or you can laugh I tell you it doesn't make any difference it'll get inside you you might say well you know I don't agree I don't like him I don't like but I don't care still get inside you that's why God's good it's the foolishness of preaching that saves people that's what made the Jews mad they got real mad at Jesus who are you to say this who do you think you are see people get mad about it I don't care yeah there's good sinners and bad sinners they'll all go to hell <laughs> hey I know some people who never believed in Jesus they're very nice people yeah they're all hell bound I know some nasty people they're hell bound too there's only one true way to God Jesus Christ amen no other name under heaven whereby men can be saved is that right or is it wrong huh well for goodness sake don't ever be suckered into believing that they're okay they're not they might appear nice but doesn't mean they're not going to a Christless eternity they are that's why we preach the gospel tell people hey you know you don't have to go to hell <laughs> you can be saved there's a God who loves you he sent his son his name is Jesus three persons in one God God the Father God the Son God the Holy Ghost we've got to preach the truth you know the, the world wants to water it down say no 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 no, 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 no. These are nice people. Sinners are nasty people. That's why you need to become a saint. Then you'll be a nice person. When God meets you and gets inside you, you'll be nice. And, and all the people of God will love you. The world won't love you too much, but that's a different issue. People who want to go to hell won't love you. People who want to swig their bottle of scotch on the quiet won't joy isn't in the bottom of a bottle joy is in my God strange things people sell their souls for money do you know love of money is the root of all evil some people worship money success success is an empty thing because when you've accumulated all your baubles what have you got left not much if you're living for that instead of living for his will you're a fool because Christians live for him you better change and repent it's good to have your Bible in it John 5 verse 30 
Now every one of you should be able to say this as true for you. Read it out, verse 5. I can of mine own self do nothing. Read it again. My Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. We're like Jesus. To be like Jesus is a Christian wish. Look what Jesus says. I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear I judge, my judgment is just. Because, now this is the only way it can be just. Because I seek not mine own will. But the will of the Father which has sent me. Verse 36. I have a greater witness than that of John. That's John the Baptist. For the works which the Father hath given me to finish the same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. And the Father himself which hath sent me hath borne witness of me. You know the works that Jesus did, he raised the dead, he healed the sick, he opened blind eyes, he cured the lepers, he did many wonderful works. And he said, well, that's what my father does, you know, that, that's my witness. My father's trying to witness to all of you. And then Jesus was crucified, dead and buried on the third day, he rose again from the dead. Hey, that tells me, that's the witness of the father. But Jesus said, I'm not doing my will, I'm doing his. That's what differentiates a true believer from a religious person. The religious person comes to church, names Christ, does all the religious things, but the one thing he doesn't do, he doesn't live according to the will of the Father. He has his own agenda, he lives his own life, his own way, and, and you'll find it in all sorts of little instances where you'll find what you put first in your life. My Bible says, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything shall be added unto you. What do you put first in your life? Your football team? Your business? Or your God? Your career? Your education? Or your God? Really, what you are is shown by how you live. Do you take God seriously? You know, when I was a young man, there was one thing. I made sure when there was a meeting, I was there. At weekends, I'd drive sometimes uh, a round trip of 160 miles just to go to the meetings. I'd, I'd leave after work on Friday, drive there, I'd be at the meetings over the weekend, I'd drive home. Why? Because I put God first in my life. Other people were doing other things, 
I chose what I wanted to do. Once I became a Christian and committed to Christ, my place was there. Midweek I never missed. Why? Because God came first in my life. Nothing else was ever going to get in the way. You see, I wanted to do Father's will and I wanted to know what Father said. And I wanted to spend my time with people that loved God, not people who wanted to go out and booze themselves silly. Or they value their business. They're always off doing their business instead of being where they should be. And you say, well, you know whose will they're following. And it certainly isn't Father's. You know, the disciples didn't just clear off from Jesus and say, it's okay, you know, Jesus, we'll go and live our lives and we'll come back once, one day a week and we'll, we'll kind of be participating one day a week. Hey, they were committed to live with Jesus. Where Jesus tarried, they tarried. Where he went, they went. They realized their purpose in life. Paul was the same. In fact, Paul got rid of Mark because he wasn't prepared to go when it was necessary. His life was committed to his vision. Christianity is about a vision. In the end, am I going to live for God or am I going to live for myself? It's 100%. Paul wrote about athletes. He said, if you want to win the prize and win, you have to be single-minded, single-hearted. Success comes from singleness of mind. Same with Christianity. We run in a race. You want to receive the prize? Well, you better learn that everything else, you've got to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets. You've got to run. You've got to make up your mind. It's important, isn't it? How you live. You're responsible for you, what you do. And Jesus was so responsible, he said, Look, what I see Father do, that's what I do. I didn't come to fulfill my will, I came to do his. I made a choice. I made a choice in my lifestyle, the way I live, the way I am. And you are making that choice every day. In every area of your life, you're making the choice. And you're a fool if you deceive yourself and think that being careless is going to be all right. You're a fool if you think that you can just play with God. It's plain. God has challenged us. He said, look, that's the way to live. If you love money and you love going around and you waste your life, you're robbing God. God gave you life. God gave you health. Everything you have came from Him. How dare you squander it? Your talents, your abilities. If you use them for yourself instead of for God, He's going to call you to account. 
If you've got one talent and you bury it, you'll lose it. God will want to see what you've done with what he's given you. But if you don't take it seriously and don't realize how important it is, then what you'll do, you'll just bury it and oh well, you know. I'm here on earth because God put me here for a purpose. You're here on earth because God put you here for a purpose. You better fulfill the purpose and will of God in your life. Stop playing around. We have a God who's holy and righteous. We have a clear word from him. And if we disobey and we walk outside of it, we're in trouble. Don't let people tell you it doesn't matter. It matters. Every day and every moment of every day. Redeem the time for the days are evil. You're not entitled to squander your life. You're not entitled to waste your life. It's but a vapor. You have no lease on it. You have a tremendous responsibility. I don't believe it's the end time. I don't believe, you know, everything's going to wind up and there's going to be a great holocaust now. I'm not a prophet of doom, but one thing I am... I want to tell you, you're going to have to face the living God. You're going to meet him face to face and you're going to have to answer for your life. And it's time now to get serious. Some people seem to live life as though you've got a lease on it and you know it can't suddenly end. I want to tell you, no one has a lease on life. God gave you life and a responsibility in that life. What are you doing with it? Jesus said, you know, I, I just come to do my Father's will. No other agenda. If nothing else, you need to wake up. If it doesn't wake you to anything else, it should wake up to the fact how frail we are. Life's but a thread. You don't know the moment you'll be taken. One thing you do know is there'll come a day. And what are you going to say to God the Father? Well, I, you know, I just, I just live my own way. Well, I made my own choices. Well, I didn't think it was that important. Oh, you gave me gifts and abilities, but I just didn't want the responsibility of them. I knew what you wanted, but I decided what I wanted. Life's but a vapor. What's important is, do you know from whence you've come? Do you know where you're going? Are you born from above and you, you can say like Jesus, I know where I'm going. 
I, I know I was always in him. Can you say everything I've done, I've done what Father wanted? I'm confident. What he said, I've said. I've taken the gifts he gave me, I've used them to the full. Can you say like Paul, at the end of his days, I've run the race. Henceforth there's laved up for me a prize. I've finished my course. Or would you have to say, well, actually I lived, but I never got involved. I could have done, but then, you know, I had things I wanted to do. A life I wanted to live. I want to live for him. He's everything to me. Through the will of the Father. Hey, I'm a child of God. I belong to him. Is that your testimony? This morning you say, I know from whence I come. I know where I'm going. I'm ready. I just want to live every moment of every day to fulfill his will. To do what he says. To be what he wants me to be. That's it. Only those people are Christians who can say that. Living a Christian life. I know I'm born. I know. I know I've got new life. I know what God's done for me. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Not things present, nor things to come. No devil, no demon, no principality, no power. My life is lived for God. I'm a Christian. I'm living to do Father's will and fulfill his will. I totally belong to him. Outside of that, you're not. Outside of that, you're a heathen. Oh, you're religious. Oh, you believe the right things, but sorry, darling, it's what you do. Not what you believe that counts. You know, God gives everyone a, an opportunity to turn. God gives everyone an opportunity, a choice. You'll get to hell, but you'll get to hell on the basis that you rejected him. You won't get to hell on the basis that you never had a chance. Church is not, hey, it's got to fit what I want and what I think. No, you have to fit what he wants and what he thinks. That's the difference. Is that plain? Stirs me up. 